You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB or go ahead and download our app for the Summit, Summit Hoops, uh, and follow Women's Basketball 24 7, 365, except during leap years when it is 24 7, 366. And somebody that we cover on a regular basis, uh, both in college and now in the pros, is Brittany Seitz, rookie point guard for the Atlanta Dream, uh, who joins us now. Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Uh, place I want to start is just if you could take me through. On draft night, you know, when you got picked by the Atlanta Dream, it struck me that your game, for a variety of reasons, fit incredibly well with what mm-hmm. the Dream are doing. How quickly did you know that would be the case, and how quickly did you see that turn out to be true? Um, well, it's funny because uh, during the process, I um, had a couple talks with a couple teams. Atlanta, I didn't talk to Atlanta, but um, mm-hmm. I had a couple talks with my college coach, Coach Coach Q, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about styles of play and, like, um, potential spots that I can go to. And I watched a couple of games um, of the Dream, and then I realized the style of play that, ha- that they had was very similar to how I played in college. So leading up to those days, I was really excited, and I was hoping that I would get picked by Atlanta because that would be the perfect fit for me. And I mean, both offensively and defensively, it seems like, there's that overlap. Was there a particular area where you thought you would have a chance to stand out right away where you thought your skills, you know, whether it was the, the perimeter shooting, whether it was the pressure defense, where, where it really seemed like, you know, look, here's where I think I can make an impact on mm-hmm. day one. I think it was a little bit of everything. Um, just having just, again, talks with my head coach and then talks with um, Tammy Reese, um, who was in the league and one of, you know, a league star. And she knows about basketball, so we would talk a lot about what I'd need to do to separate myself and to make an impact on the team immediately. And that was just doing a little bit of everything and doing it at maximum effort. You know, and um, going into it, I just knew that if I just played hard and I did what I know that I can do, that the um, the experience as a rookie wouldn't be as rough as some have described it. Fair enough. And, and and certainly, especially lately, that hasn't been so far. Uh, but before we get to that point, just where were you on draft night? What was that experience like? And what do you remember going through your head at the moment that your name was called? Um, well, I was home, so I didn't get invited to the draft night. I didn't get invited. And um, I was home and my mom, I invited maybe like, uh, I want to say my house had at least like 30 people in the, in the living room. And, and so um, where, where was home for you? Home is North New Jersey. So I was in, I was at home. I was actually happy that I didn't get invited a little bit because, um, a moment like that to spend it with the people that I hold close to me and the people that, um, got me to that point, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be a friendship or being a coach or just being one of my mom's coworkers that watched me grow up, having them there in that intimate setting uh, meant everything to me. And um, it uh, it just, I don't know, it just, it brought a calming to me. And uh, after we were watching it and, and Atlanta pick was coming up next, and I don't know why, but I just, I had a feeling. I just mm-hmm. knew, I was like, I need to go to Atlanta. I belong in Atlanta. And when they caught my name, the uh, 
the sound glitched. I was the only name that the sound glitched, so I had to read Lisa Border's lips. And when the name popped up on the screen, my whole family just started screaming and yelling. I'm like, I'm like, be quiet. I want to hear what they're saying. And um, but it was a real, it was it was a surreal moment um, because the road to the league was not the easiest. And um, I feel like everything that I went through, everything that I've gone through and I've learned uh, definitely uh, made that moment even more special. I mean, even now, now I think I've gotten over the hump of, wow, I'm here. Now it's like, okay, I'm playing against Olympians and I'm balling with them. It's not like I'm trying to keep up. Like I'm with them in the game. So, it's cool. <laughs> I'll bet. And, and really, that, that was a better choice to be home with family and friends. Because if you'd, if you'd been at the draft, you know, you would have had to, like, answer questions for me. So that was probably a, a, a more fun way to spend the night. Uh, so once you do that, when, once you get that name call and, and you're arriving at camp, what are you noticing initially? I, I, I'm, I'm always struck by what you see. And so I, I sort of want to leave this open-ended to you. What, what were some of the first things you noticed just being a professional basketball player? Um, well, for one, uh, you legit have to take care of your body. Hmm. Um, I remember one time I didn't stretch after practice and I felt it maybe an hour later while I'm sitting on my couch crying because I'm in pain because of two days. <laughs> but um, I think that the, the, the pace, the pace was so different. Uh, in college, you can go 100 miles per hour, and that's the best thing that you can do in college. But in the league, going at you know 30 miles per hour gets you a better gets you a better shot, gets you a better opportunity to score, because everything just slows down. Right. And, and you yeah. Oh well, ju- just to that end, do you feel like that extra year and coming back? And, <laughs> and we talked a little bit about that last time, but mm-hmm. gave you the specific skills that enabled you to slow down. That all right, you're not just going 100 miles an hour like you said. You're looking for your spot. Well, now you're a knockdown three-point shooter in a way mm-hmm. that you hadn't been the year before. Do you feel like those skills were the ones you acquired in that extra year? Yeah, that that ex- that decision to go for my extra year was basically to prepare me for a better spot and a better stock for the league. So um, I didn't really start playing like my old self until – uh, the NCAA run. That's when I started to feel like myself again in the sense of coming back from my injury. And once my second year came, I did a lot of workouts with Coach Tammy. I stayed in the weight room because I knew I had to make sure that my body was strong. And I knew that leading up to the draft, the big question would be, how is her knees? How is her body? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure I nixed all those questions in my final year. And um, yeah, and yeah, just work, keep working on my three, making sure I can shoot it deeper than just the three-point line because I know that that WNBA line is a little bit farther back. Mm-hmm. So if I get to shoot it a couple more steps back, that'll help me out. And um, just making sure I'm finishing at the rim, you know, just doing everything that I've been doing, showing my athleticism and just being in every, every stat column. Except turnovers. Right. Well, real technical question, just specific to the threes. Are you therefore taking the shot in virtually the identical places that you were taking them senior, you you know, your final year at Syracuse? The reason I ask is that your numbers are virtually unchanged. I think you were 39.3% senior year from three and I, I, 38.2% so far here in the pros. Normally there's that adjustment period, but Mm -hmm. is that the reason why is you're taking them in the same, in the same spots? Um, I think, I think um, it's definitely a different – it's such a different pace in, in college. Um, I'd probably come down 
and I can shoot a three with, with, and with, without being in an offense because of the rapport I built with my head coach. I can come right. down, shoot, you know, just shoot a three. And in the league, you know, you have to work within the offense, work within with your team. And um, I'm all for that. I don't really like to go outside of just stepping outside of a, a offense. But, um, no, I think my threes have come – um, with smart decisions. Uh, I know Coop has told me a lot of times in the beginning, you know, you don't have to always shoot the three. Don't fall in love. Don't live and die by the three. Mm-hmm. So um, greatest advice he could have ever told me. Now I can hit my pull-up and now I can get to the basket. But now that my three is falling, now I have more opportunities to hit my pull-up, more opportunities to get to the basket, more opportunities to create for my teammates. Because now you, being able to shoot the three, now people can get to the basket or – they can't help off of other people. So, I mean, it's like a whole full circle over here. And and, and that I thought was interesting. And, and that dovetails with my next question for you, which is that, look, over this past, uh, you know, seven-game period where, uh, I believe eight now, where you are in double digits uh, time after time, have mm-hmm. you noticed defensive adjustments? Because I see you uh, dish out four assists, and you were looking for teammates even earlier in the season. But to mm-hmm. have that kind of success, it seemed to me like, well, gee, that seems like Brittany responding to uh, changes that she's seen defensively. Is that mm-hmm. is that the case? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically. Uh, it's, it's funny because um... – I forgot who I was talking to at the time, but uh, when Gloria Johnson blocked my shot, uh, that definitely, uh, I was already aware that teams were scouting me now in the sense of playing me for uh, my offensive tendencies, which is fine. It's just that's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, Gloria Johnson definitely woke me up to the fact that, you know, it's not going to be as easy getting to the basket. Teams are now waiting to take the charge or uh, waiting for me to get to the basket or go right or go left. Now um, I put in my head during the game, you know, all right, Brittany, you're going to go to the basket. Yeah, finish. But more than likely Elizabeth or Bria is going to be open on the dump off pass or Sancho. So now I'm more aware that, you know, that extra pass has to come from somewhere. Wherever the help comes from, that's the side you need to look at. So and now I'm learning new things, and it's fun because I'm learning, you know, and I'm playing, and I'm having fun at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, I mean, Gloria is the keystone of that Dallas defense. So if they're sending her at you, you are at or near the top of that scouting report without a question. Uh, what, <laughs> when you made that jump to the starting lineup, though, mm-hmm. take me through What was the conversation like? What were you thinking? And what was Coach Cooper talking to you about in terms of, what would change for what he was looking for from you? Um, I mean, uh, you know, it just, we were in practice and he called my name uh, with some of the starters and then the game came and my name was on the board and it was just one of those Hmm. things where it was, you know, just continue to do what you're doing. It wasn't, uh, oh my gosh, you know, um, I'm starting. It was a, all right, well, you better keep it up, you know, like just keep doing, just keep doing what you're doing and just keep playing basketball. Cause honestly, it doesn't, doesn't really matter whether you start or whether you don't, you know, it's how you finish the game right. and how you play in the game. And, um, it was a little different because coming off the bench, I got to see how the game started. I got to see the flow of the game. I have to, I got to see some offensive tendencies of the team before I got in and with starting, I mean, the plus is that you get to set the pace, you get to set the tone, of how you're going to play, how 
the team could play, how the other team has to respond to your play. So um, there's pros both ways of coming off the bench and starting. Um, I just, in my head, I just look at it as whenever I'm on the floor, whether I start or not, just play your hardest, you know. Well, I, I, and it should come as no surprise that's yielding success the way it did in college, but not just on the scoring side of things. So there, there's a number that I find remarkable. There's a bunch of them, but one of them that I liked the most as far as what you've done so far this year is you're on a team with, with Sancho. You're on a team with Elizabeth Williams. You mm-hmm. are grabbing 16.8% of the available defensive rebounds just the same. I'm wondering, A, how you account for that number being so, I mean, you know, that's a power forwards number and you're doing it out of the backcourt, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, how in your mind you balance crashing the defensive boards with, uh, you know, running, which is something that is such a key part of the way Atlanta plays. Well, um, in college, you know, um, our offense was getting the rebound, pushing the ball, turning teams over getting the offensive rebound, putting, you know, and here is the same thing. You get the rebound, you, you know, you get the put back or you get the rebound and get the run, get them out of their sink because now they're, they're one and done. And now we're down there getting two or three uh, stops and now we're coming back on offense and we're scoring. So, you know, that, that beats a team up mentally and physically because you, you go hard and then now you got a team who's not letting you get a second chance point. So now every shot you take, it, the rim is getting smaller and smaller because you know that nine times out of ten you're not getting that ball back. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the mindset that, you know, we try to have. It's just, you know, make them box us out. You know, make them stay back so they can't run. And, um, I mean, it's just one of those things where I know that I can go rebound and I catch myself sometimes not rebounding, and I go, mm-hmm. ah, that could have been mine. Especially when I go back and watch film, uh, certain rebounds where I, I'm maybe I'm too lazy or – I don't take an extra step or I go a second late to go rebound. Now it's a foul. You know, it's like those type of things where I knock myself in the head, like go do it. And, and, and really a lot of that is just what muscle memory and getting used to possession by possession of playing the game at a different speed. Do you think? Um, I think honestly is will, you know, you just have huh. to have the will to want to go in there. Cause those are, there's some big women down there. <laughs> and, um, you know, just and athleticism not is not gonna work all the time. You actually right. have to box out um, somebody, and sometimes you may not have the rebound. Your teammate might have to go get it, and our bigs do a great job of that. They yeah. box out the big players, the Neka, Boomer Kays, the Gloria Johnsons. They can't get a rebound, and that's probably why I end up with a couple more than Elizabeth or Sancho. But they're doing the dirty work. You know, right. they're boxing out those strong people, and then we come in and get the rebound. So. I mean, credit to them. They helped me pat my stats. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and interestingly, though, I, I, absolutely, they grab more than their share as well. But, y- you know, in a lot of on a lot of teams where you have rim protectors, you know, like Elizabeth and like Sancho, mm-hmm. you'll see the steal percentage will go up because players are taking chances. But let's say the block percentage goes down. You are managing to block almost 3% of the available shots at the two-guard position. That's almost unheard of at any level, let alone as a rookie. What is allowing you to do it, and what are you seeing defensively that's allowing you to time things in such a way that, mm-hmm. you know, e- even at your height, you're getting these types of blocks on, like you said, you know, taller, larger women who have been in the lead for longer? Um, I think it's just uh, I've learned how to uh, – it's timing. Blocking is definitely timing, and I think um, – scouting 
when you know you're the player you're playing and you know their tendencies, um, it makes it 10 times easier to guard them. Um, not to say that, um, you know, easy in a light way because these are really great players in the league and right. you just have to, you know, lock in on the defensive end. But certain players, when you learn the tendencies and the length that I have, I'm starting to use it more um, to my advantage. And um, sometimes I would uh, hurt myself because I always wanted to jump and block a shot. Now that I'm in tendencies, I can stay down on the floor. I can stop them from getting to the basket. Or I can make them pass when they go to the basket. They don't necessarily want to go up for the layup anymore because there's a possibility that it might get blocked. Right. Because I try not to foul. So them passing it out, now my team is already there. We're not getting beat off the dribble. Now we're, that's, that's how we're getting our turnovers. That's how we're getting our shot clock violations because we're all working in sync and we all look at our scout and, and do what we're supposed to do too get that type of flow in the offense and those type of block shots. So when I saw you play in college, the three things that I thought would make it easier to transition, why I thought you'd be a standout in the lead were, number one, the way you saw the court and the way you obviously, you reacted to things a little ahead of people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Athleticism played a part too, but also the fact that you seem to have a reach that went beyond uh, what one would assume out of someone at your height. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering whether you feel like that is playing a part not just with your blocks, but also if you go by defensive points per possession, you are 14th in the league. I mean, and, and not among rookies, among all players. You are actually, I mean, Elizabeth Williams is one of the best defensive players in this league in any position. You are just ahead of her, and you're doing that as a rookie. You are, you are right now uh, a few spots ahead of uh, Brianna Stewart, someone who you uh, may be slightly familiar with as well. I mean, so you are putting up this kind of defensive production as a rookie. It's, it's unheard of, and, and you, you lead all rookies by far. Is, is reach accounting for it? What is accounting for it in your mind, most, most of all, above even what you're talking about in terms of scouting, in terms of timing? Um, I think uh, I was really blessed with the, the type of reach that I have. It saved me um, from a lot of defensive uh, missed assignments, getting beat off the dribble, especially AAU. When me and Bree, we played on the same AAU team, and we sometimes would purposely get beat just so we can block the shot. So you can't do that in college and you can't do that in the pros (laughs) as much. Uh, Sometimes in the pros because you have somebody like Elizabeth in the background. But, um, I mean, it's just it's something that I've learned to use to my advantage. And um, it's something that I definitely have to control. Um, Sometimes my arms would be everywhere. And now I learned how to use them. And sometimes I still surprise myself that I can reach somewhere and then I'll have my teammates say, like, oh, my gosh, you're so long. And um, so I just keep my arms out now. And um, that sometimes can be intimidating for some people um, just to see that type of length. And um, I try to use it to my advantage for sure, just to get a a upper level on the defense and help my teammates out. You know, if it's just like a a tip to, you know, change the, the flight of the ball so that we can get those steals. And so be it. I know that was huge in college when I would play at the top of the the press. Um, Teams would throw lob passes every time, and we would just get them every time. Yeah, I I remember that well too. And and it's it's been fascinating to see the way that's coalesced, not just for you, but really you know for for the dream as a whole. If you go on that list, the top twenty list of defensive points per possession, you're on there. Uh, but so, so is Bria, so is Tiffany Hayes, uh, so is Elizabeth Williams. Do you see 
the defense as your key to the maximizing of what Atlanta can be this year? And what do you think that can be? What is the best case scenario for this Atlanta team? Well, I think we have a very dangerous team in this league. Um, We have a team where anybody can go off at any time in the game, Mm -hmm. any time in the season. And when we all are doing that at the same time, it is very hard to stop us. And it comes from the defensive end. It's not even on offense. It's on the defensive end. Um, I remember we had like three shot clock violations against LA one time, unheard of in the league for three back to back to back shot clock violations, all pure defense. And then and against the had... best offensive team in the league, exactly. By yeah, exactly. So you know to do that to the reigning champs, you know that's huge. And then we have t- points where we go on runs and we still we still balls, we get rebounds, we get block shots, um, multiple possessions in a row, back to back to back. And, um, you know, we're having fun. So we're not even tired. We're having fun. And the thing about it is we do it in practice. Hmm. Um, We play against each other and we beat each other up. And we we do drills where we drill scenarios in the game in practice. So when we don't do them, we get mad at each other. And we go, you know, we do this in practice. We know what we're doing. Why aren't we doing it? But Hmm. when we do it, it's like a weld oil machine. We're just running and we're going. And like I said, you know, any given night, somebody can go off. So um, with that being said, I mean, we all think and we all know that we could win a championship this year. It's just it's going to happen on the defensive end, you know, because offense will come. But it's the defensive end that, you know, we have to stick to it because that's ultimately what's going to help us in the end. Uh, I mean, it's been such a fun thing to see the way your your game is translated, and it makes a lot of sense within the framework of this team. But I wonder how you go about measuring your own progress over the course of the year. Uh, you know, I, I I remember prior to the season, it was generally assumed that uh, Kelsey Plum had locked up Rookie of the Year, and <laughs> then when the season started, you know, Alicia Dre has been playing very well, and people are saying, you know, well, it's locked up for her. But you know, to me. I look at, A, how you started, and B, certainly how you're playing lately with uh, a lot of season ago and think that's anything but the case. Is that something on your radar, number one? And number oh, two, yeah. you know, what What else? How else do you measure sort of for yourself how you get from here to there? Um, well, going into, um, going into the league, I know my senior year, my last year at Syracuse, I wanted to be an All-American. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I didn't get it. I think I got honorable mention, and I had like, yeah, I got like WBC uh, honorable mention, and I'm grateful for that. But um, of course, when you set goals for yourself, and then you you don't fail, but you don't get what you worked hard for, um, you know, it happens. But it made me hungrier, and I promise you, the night that I got picked. I told my mom, like I told my high school coach, who was like my second mom, I looked at him like, I'm going to get rookie of the year. You know, I look, I looked at the competition and it's some great players in this, you know, this rookie season. Yeah. But I, I you know, I'm looking at them like I played all of them in college. I'm getting rookie of the year. Wow. And, yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, it seems very much within reach and it's certainly been wonderful to see things blossom for you as well. The last thing before I let you go is just when you spend this time around the league, now now that you've been to all the different cities, now that you've had an opportunity to be a professional for a few months, mm-hmm. what, 
what is it that is your big takeaway as something you enjoy the most out of finally living this dream that you've had uh, for you know most of your life? Uh, I think it's just the fun around it. The just you know you go from being in college and being on a strict schedule and not being able to do a lot of things, you know, cause you're in college, you know, you're, you're not controlled, but you're controlled. Right. And, um, in the league, you know, you're a grown up. you know, you're on your own for most of the time you come in, you do your practice, you do your extra work. And that's what I learned a, a huge thing. in in in, uh, in this league, you know, um, you're, you're playing with a lot of older women so practices are not like college when you're going four hours a day and you know you're coming back to do weights and stuff like that you know you do all that on your own it's will um in the league that's how you if you want to separate yourself you got to put in that extra work and um you know just being here has just been fun I have fun getting uh extra work in. I have fun trying to get better because it makes you that much closer to separating yourself to becoming a rookie of the year or to being on the first team or being an all-star, just building your, you know, your, your resume to becoming one of the greats. And um, that's what I look forward to, especially now, just having fun, going to different cities, seeing people that you played in college, seeing them grow. Right. And it's crazy because I stayed back a year. So now I'm seeing, you know, the people that I went to, uh, went, 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 was in college with, and I'm McDonald's Americans with. I'm like, wow, you know, we all made it here. You know, five years ago, we were just getting into college. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly that happens. It's true. Well, I, I'm glad you're having fun. We're, we're all having fun watching your game grow and develop. And I uh, hope you enjoy your all-star break. Uh, and if I don't see you in Seattle this year, uh, I'll be seeing you at all-star games, I think, for many years to come. So, Brittany Sykes, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. No, thank you. Thank you. And, and just a reminder to our listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB or Summit Hoops, two T's in honor of Pat. Make sure you download the app to follow women's basketball 24-7, 365. I'm Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful day.